a lot of people think you have to have money in real estate and with it's also a bonus to have but for those getting started or not knowing what to do it's all about the hustle and the grind and grit that you put forth to be able to get where you want to be best ever listeners before we jump into today's episode for all my fix and flippers out there are your financing costs eating away at your bottom line And are you looking for a way to increase your overall profits by lowering your loan payments to the bank or maybe your private lender? Well, our best ever sponsor, Patch of Land, you know Patch of Land, they've been on the show, representatives of their company have been on the show many times. They've been a sponsor of this show many, many times. They're back for more because they love you and they love working with the best ever listeners and they've got an interesting point of view on interest rates and that is that it's the interest rates that we are quoted shouldn't necessarily be taken at face value because perhaps a higher interest rate could actually deliver a lower cost to your fix and flip loan and they have a white paper on how that is possible and how that it can be applied to your fix and flip business to help your bottom line get more profitable and to help you choose the best uh, lender for your financing needs. So go to patchofland.com forward slash Joe Fairless, and they've got a white paper for you, and it will walk you through the way to evaluate interest rates in terms in general on your loan so that you truly are getting the best interest rate. Because there are some tricky things some lenders try to do to um, glaze over the fact that their lower interest rate, quote unquote, is actually higher based on some technical things that they put into it. So go to patchofland.com forward slash Joe Fairless and get that white paper so that you can save money on your fix and flip projects. Patchofland.com forward slash Joe Fairless. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff with us today. Chris Colstead and Cody Dover. How you two doing? Man, doing awesome. Well, that's great to hear. Nice to have you two on the show. And a little bit about Chris and Cody. They are 23 years old. They just started investing five months ago. And within a five-month span, they have closed on three deals, totaling five units. And they've done those three deals using a different technique, one with no money, one with bringing in partners who have an equity stake and one just traditionally. And so we're going to dive into that and how they've got their start so quickly. So with that being said, Chris and Cody, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? Yeah. So like you mentioned, we did five units in five months. Our big focus was just really getting started and just getting things going. So now our focus is more on the multifamily space. So we are trying to transition into the syndication process, which is actually how we stumbled upon you, Joe, in the first place. Sweet. And to kind of piggyback more off of what Chris had said, really, it's just we found a model that worked for us and in getting into units with tenants already occupied. And that can be good or bad, depending on where you are and who the tenant is. But for us, and for the time being, it worked out. And so we figured, why not take this model elsewhere and kind of level up, so to speak, into apartments? Cool. Well, let's talk about 
what you've done, and that will give us some more context for where you're going and how you'll apply those lessons for future stuff. Let's talk about your first deal. Tell us about that, please. The first deal was a little more traditional, as Chris said. This deal came off of Facebook. A family friend was selling it, and we're like, well, you know, this could be a deal. It could not be. So we looked into it. We ran some numbers, and we seen that it worked. And mind you that this was our first deal, so we really didn't know what to expect. And that deal, we just scraped up about 5000 total between the two of us to bring to closing for the down payment. And that was all we needed to get into the deal. And looking ahead now, that deal is making us around 72% cash on cash return for the year that we've had it. And after that, moving forward, I'll kind of let Chris explain the next two deals. But we, we yeah. really just didn't want to scrape up any more money after that. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. Let's dig into the first one before we move on to number two and number three. First off, how do you two know each other? Well, we went to high school together, and then we kind of parted ways throughout college. And then after college, we kind of stumbled back upon each other. And it's kind of a funny story because our friends were the only people posting about books on Snapchat. So <laughs> we just kind of linked up and started talking about books. And we we're like, well, not too many of us read like we're doing. We should do something. And Chris invited me to a Rich Dad Poor Dad seminar one night, and no questions asked. I was down. We went, and that was really where it all started. Okay. So you two were looking at this first deal, and you said you ran the numbers to see if it would work. You hadn't done a deal before, so what numbers were you running, and how did you know to run those numbers? For getting started for us, we did have the Rich Dad Poor Dad education, so to speak. We invested in that program. How much? Um, but it was 16000 that we both split that, so it was 8000 a piece. And just to dive into that really quickly, we quickly realized that when we got to our local market, went to a local meetup, I was asking everybody, hey, what education program did you get in? And everyone was like, I didn't do one. So for me, it was kind of like, well, I guess you don't really need the Rich Dad Poor Dad education. But nonetheless, I stumbled upon bigger pockets and found their analysis sheet. From their analysis sheet, it lines out what your income is, what are your expenses, what is your total return for the year, and what's the cash on cash return? So I kind of put some formulas together in an Excel document, and that's where we began running numbers using income and general expenses for a property. Okay. And now for the analysis, I kind of overdid the numbers because of safety, right? Because it was our first deal, and the numbers still worked. It met the 2% rule, so to speak. How much is the all-in price, which includes the purchase and the renovations, and what do you rent it for? The purchase price was 30000 so we're trying to stick to a simple model, get a house that didn't need a lot of work to it, and that's just what we did. This house, even though it may be 30000 it really didn't need any work to it with a tenant's already living there. So um, it rents for 600 so if you do the 2% rule, it's 2% right on point. Mm-hmm. You said you brought $5,000 to the closing table for your down payment. How did you get financed with that? Well, the 5000 came out of our own pockets, um, uh-huh. 25 each. And then we got a commercial balloon note, a three-year amortized over 25 years from a local bank. And that was only 15% down, which is the lowest that we found thus far. Hmm. What was that like? You said it was a commercial loan. Was it like a community bank or credit union locally? It was a community bank. Okay, community bank. What was that process like working with a community bank for the first time? It was interesting. I travel for work and whenever I am home or when I back then when we started, I would literally go to all the community banks or call on them and just tell them, hey, we're getting into real estate. We're trying to learn the ropes, basically. And anyone that 
was interested in building a relationship was one that we wanted to stick with. As opposed to some people, they had like a cut and dry process. And then there was a couple of them, like this bank in particular, that we stumbled upon that they wanted to build a relationship. So we knew that we wanted to work with them. And they also offered that 15% down, which was an easy way for us to get into the cheaper way. Mm-hmm. What bank is it? It's Eagle Bank. Eagle Bank and Trust. Eagle Bank and Trust. And they're in Little Rock? or I believe they're only in Arkansas right now. Um, okay. Don't quote me. I could be wrong. But cool. um, they are yeah. here. Cool. And you two are headquartered in Little Rock, Arkansas? Got it. That's the first deal. You brought 5000 to the deal. You each brought 2500 and you got a loan from Eagle Bank and Trust, which is a community bank locally. You found the deal from someone on Facebook, a family friend. You ran the numbers from a bigger pockets spreadsheet and you had the foundational knowledge for what the heck's going on through the Rich Dad Poor Dad program. So what about the second deal? Right. So the second deal was a little different. Chris and I were searching for deals and he started just putting in offers, lowball offers. I think we submitted around 30 to 40 lowball offers. And coming back, we had about eight get accepted. And of these eight was a duplex. And there was no negotiation going on, nothing. The seller just wanted out. So we ended up getting this duplex at, let's see, it was at zero dollars down because we were able to finance the down payment. So what'd you just say? I didn't get that part. So the purchase price for the property was 71000 That was the offer we submitted. They were asking 105 So once we knew our offer was accepted, we immediately said, okay, who do we know that can fund this down payment? Because we need to get this deal done. And we called on family and friends. We went to the local meetups and we ended up finding financing. It was 12000 I think it was two that we paid right. as a down payment. Yeah. Close to twelve. You basically brought in someone for $12,000, which was a down payment of the $71,000 purchase price. Right. And they don't have an equity stake in this property. What we did was just an under the table loan to carry for six years at 6%. So it's really a no-brainer for us to be able to get into a duplex as cash flowing from day one to get into it with nothing out of our own pockets. And that kind of just debunked the myth that a lot of people think you have to have money in real estate. And it's also a bonus to have. But for those getting started or not knowing what to do, it's all about the hustle and the grind and grit that you put forth to be able to get where you want to be. Amen. I second that. That's for sure. I want to make sure I'm understanding that correctly. You said the loan was $12,000 and you got the loan from someone and we'll get in that in a second, but from someone and it was at 6% for how long? Six years. For six years. Okay. 6% for six years. Is there a prepayment penalty? Nope. So it comes out to be about 256 a month. And that is interest plus principal payments? Right. Okay. And with that loan on the property plus your mortgage, are you able to still make money? Oh, absolutely. It's looking around four to $500 in profit a month after everything's taken care of. That's great. That's outstanding. Now, the person who brought the 12000 how did you meet him or her? It was just a family friend. They seen what we're doing and what we're getting into, and we built that trust over the years with them. So really, we just kind of pitched them this, hey, you know, we're looking at this deal. It's really a no-brainer for us. What can we do? And they said, well, you know, 
really we're just walking them down the path that you have money sitting there that's not earning but one or two percent in your CD or whatever at your local banks. Why not take this and earn a couple more basis points and help us out? We help you out and give you more interest. And that's really where it started. Who suggested the 6%, you or them? I believe it was them. And we didn't negotiate from there because that was fine for us. Okay, cool. Yeah, we're definitely in agreement on that. And what type of loan do you have on this property? The same thing, the commercial balloon. With Eagle Bank and Trust? Yeah, with Eagle Bank. Cool, good stuff. Anything else on this deal that you want to mention? Yes, this deal, the duplex appraised for $105,000. So we actually had $34,000 of instant equity. And both of the sides of the duplex were occupied. So we came into it already cash flowing. And they are still there. That's outstanding. Now the third deal. Tell us about that one. This one, we were in negotiations for, it was actually a couple of months before we actually closed the deal. This was a package of homes. So I stumbled upon these properties and was just really, the seller was kind of being a pain. She wanted top dollar in the market. And I said, no way. So anyway, go back and forth, got her down. She said, okay, well, I agree at $75,000 total. I mean, 37 and a half each. Um, we said, all right, for two. Yeah, so we agreed upon that. And now we said, okay, we need to raise the money. So back to the same strategy, family, friends, local meetup. Our local meetup does this thing called deal or no deal where you can present your deals and see how to find creative financing or people can help you run through the numbers, right? So we mentioned the deal, mentioned that we needed some money, that we were interested in and doing an equity stake with someone else if that was an option. A couple approached us and said, hey, we'd like to fund your down payment and do an equity stake with you guys. And then from there, we did close on that deal. And that one is one of our, I think, our most profitable, actually. Wow. Right, yeah. You said 75K total for these two homes how much was she originally looking to get for the two homes in total? She was trying to get 50000 each for them. So right around 100000 ish just wanting for two houses. But this was an investor from California. And I guess she doesn't really know the market that she was in too well. And the market that it's in is a really good rental market where the houses up there are average anywhere from 40 to 60. But with this being on the lower end, we were able to kind of knock it down a little. Mm-hmm. Damn those investors from California. No, I'm kidding. I'd say statistically, the state that has the second most listeners of this podcast are California people. So I'm just kidding, California best ever listeners. All right. So, so how did you get this financed? It was through Eagle Bank and Trust again? Right. Same one, same lender. And are they fine with you? On the second deal, because you mentioned something you said, an under-the-table loan, are they fine with you borrowing the money for the down payment from someone else? Yes, and that's the difference in a commercial note from the bank regularly just versus a mortgage or something. They don't want the down payment to be from another source, whereas the commercial allows you to bring it from wherever you can find it. Mm. So on the third deal, what are the terms for your loan? They're all the same thing. They're all three years, amortized over 25, right around 6.5%. Interesting. So the percent is a little higher that we would ideally want, mm -hmm. but however, the houses are a little bit cheaper, mm -hmm. so it's not an alarming number more. What I like about this deal, mm -hmm. and I had to talk to Chris about this, we'd much rather have 50% of a deal than nothing of nothing, you know, so... That's why we were able to bring on partners because we knew we didn't have the financing. Instead of just walking away, 
going back to playing Call of Duty. We <laughs> went out, hustled, and found the right pair, and here we are. You read my mind for the next question I was going to ask, and that was how you structured it with these investors. So it sounds like you two in total have 50%, and the couple has the other 50%? Right. So they brought yes. the down payment, and we brought the closing. The difference between the two is around 6000 So what we're doing is paying them on a two-year note, right around 175 a month, to accommodate for the gap in between of what we brought to the table. Mm, okay. I like it. So then it'll eventually balance out 50-50, and then we'll, obviously, we have 50-50 share because mm-hmm. everyone's in it equally. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, are you two splitting the profits 50-50 because you're also paying them back the difference on a separate note? Yeah, it's all 50-50, and then from aside from that, whether or not we get our money or not from the renters, we still uh-huh. pay them an even one seventy five Right, right. Okay, I get it. Yeah. Cool. That's great stuff. You two certainly are resourceful, and that is going to serve you very well. It already has, and it will continue to serve you very well. What has been one surprising aspect of these deals that when presented the same circumstance, you would do it differently? I think I would try to do all of these with no money down. So we did have some negotiations with the owners, but if I could go back and do it again, I would have a lot more conversation with them to really try and break down the barrier and see, hey, what are your goals? And what ways can we meet those goals and also get ourselves into the deal to create a win-win situation? So we did use realtors for two of them. But now looking back, knowing what I know now, that's the one thing I would change. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And to kind of piggyback off what Chris said, really, it's more so walking them down the path to say, well, what do you need the money for? And that's something we really didn't know how to do or what to do. So we just assumed, well, we have money in the bank. Why not just unload it all on this first property? Well, after the first property, we realized that we're low on cash. We don't have any reserves. And if we're trying to scale this thing, we're going to have to take another approach to it. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing I wish we had done is really approach the owners themselves and kind of walk them down the path and see, you know, what are you trying to do with the funds that you get? Are you trying to purchase, pay down debt? And then kind of let them know that the capital gains tax will hit them unless they can carry the note for you. Based on your experience as real estate investors, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? Really to invest in yourself first. You need to learn as much as you can with the resources you have. With this big thing called the internet nowadays, you can pretty much do a lot of stuff, connecting with people with networking, sourcing and searching for deals. But really it all starts with you and taking advantage of what you have in front of you and where you want to go. And I would say to be proactive and to be resilient. So being proactive, meaning you're going out, you're connecting with people, you're trying to build a relationship with your power team. So your CPAs, your bankers, all the people, realtors, all the people that aid in this real estate transaction to be proactive and meet those people, be proactive in searching for a property, running numbers constantly. So you get that. It's like second nature to you, but also being resilient. So if you don't get a deal, not to beat your head on the wall, but to bounce back and say, hey, I'm going to go find another deal and I'm going to get it done. So just to, to really not give up, something that I try to do a lot, and this is what I would like to give, I guess, advice to other people is we all have limitations. And the idea of creating zero dollar out of your own pocket transactions with real estate is you have to become aware of those ways to do so. So just raising the awareness and taking off those limitations that you have on yourself. You two ready for the best ever lightning round? 
Let's do it. Let's get it. All right, let's do it. First, quick word from our best ever partners. Today's sponsor, Patch of Land, has got the document for you that you've got to check out if you're a fix and flipper. They show you how a higher interest rate can actually deliver a lower cost to your fix and flip loan. And conversely, how a lower interest rate could deliver a higher cost to your fix and flip loan. Needless to say, you got to know this stuff to identify the best loan terms. Go to patchofland.com forward slash Joe Fairless. Get this document, patchofland.com forward slash Joe Fairless. The Real Estate Innovators podcast explores innovation in commercial real estate technology, design, and development. They celebrate the companies and innovators who are changing the business of commercial real estate and are inspiring the future of how we work, live, and play. Find out more at therealestateinnovators.com. Best ever book you've read. For me, it's going to be How to Make Big Money in Smaller Apartments by Lance Edwards. And I heard Rich Dad Poor Dad. Yeah, that was the starter book for me. It just got me going, and I have to credit that. Emerging Real Estate Markets is a good one. Dave Lindahl, yeah, that is a good one. Best ever deal you two have done? It's going to have to be the duplex with no money down. Um, Of course, we had instant equity and didn't have to put a penny out of our own pocket. Yeah, and I would say most valuable is even more than the duplex is investing in yourself and your journey, just like we kind of talked about. And that's why we named our company Journey Estate Investments, because we're all on a journey. Best ever way you two like to give back? We just like to provide value to others. We know that we were once new. And there's a lot of other people out there assembling whether or not they can get into it and having those beliefs. So we just like to enlighten people and let them know that we're here to help them and that there is a way. How can the best ever listeners get in touch with you too? You can go to journeyestateinvestments.com forward slash best ever. We've made a quick video for you guys so that you guys can be introduced to us, put a face to the name and get to know us a little bit more. Well, Chris and Cody, thank you for being on the show. Congrats on your success out of the gate very quickly in what you've done and the deals and the case studies that you've walked us through will serve as inspiration for not only beginning investors but also seasoned investors who want to take a different approach or maybe scale their business if they're running low on using their own money maybe bringing in other people to do joint ventures with and just the creativity that you two have exercised to get deals done and financed, both from an equity and a debt standpoint. So thanks for sharing the details of each of those three. Hope you have a best ever day, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Joe. Thanks so much, Joe. The Real Estate Innovators Podcast explores innovation in commercial real estate technology, design, and development. They celebrate the companies and innovators who are changing the business of commercial real estate and are inspiring the future of how we work, live, and play. Find out more at therealestateinnovators.com.